we got a bunch of grinders. I don't know. We got guys who like really, really, really want to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, and I think it's really important that people understand that we're not going to go anywhere. Like just because we're taking a month break, we're not just going to kind of sit back and be like, okay, we had our, we had our 15 minutes of fame. Like yeah. we're still coming and we're coming hard. Like we're not going to step off the gas for any, anybody and any reason. Um, yeah. Like the guys are fired up. Welcome to another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Fantastic. Thank you, Tejon. We got another great guest here today. I'm telling Jason before here, man. I'm really excited to have this guy on. It's my guy. We came in together back in 2019. He's a rising superstar on the men's volleyball team. Please welcome to the Lakers Locker Room, Jackson Young. My, my guy, how are you doing here, man? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be on the podcast. Happy to talk about some stuff and get this on the road. No doubt. So let's get right into it. So we just found out not too long ago, but as of this week, we are officially returning to play as of February 9th. We're all super excited as athletes. You know, it's been a pretty hard time since the fact that, you know, you guys had a great start to the season, which we'll talk about later on. But for you personally, how excited are you to know that we will be back and we will be finishing this season? I'm excited to finally be able to play. I mean, obviously it's, not fun taking such a long break um missing the team missing a lot of the guys on the team a lot um but yeah i'm really excited that they kind of figured out what they're doing and finally getting something back on like back going um yeah i'm just excited to get back to practicing really that's all i really care about you know we've had this conversation you know last uh the last couple of weeks in the podcast or so you know the whole reason why this whole thing happened was because obviously the government did not deem us elite slash ocaa you know, we've, there's been video campaigns, there's been petitions, there's obviously been a lot of athletes that have been really frustrated. What were your personal thoughts when you heard that, you know, the OE was not deemed elite? Uh, at first, I didn't really think anything of it. I I was just kind of going with emotions and kind of taking it as another break and like, oh, okay, well, we'll be back soon maybe. But I guess as it started to go on, you know, you start to get more and more annoyed um, just with like seeing athletes and obviously I've competed at pretty high levels with what I've done and seeing athletes that I know are really elite. And it's just, it's kind of a pain in the ass to see that they don't see that as well. Like, like through our eyes, as we see it, um, obviously I think we're elite and I think, you know, as a group of athletes, we should be able to play, but I mean, at the same time, I'm kind of sitting here, like, what can I do really? It's kind of tough to kind of show something to them. But Jason, you know, like I said, we talked about this before, but like I said, now that we know that we're back, I know I just asked Jackson, but for you personally, how excited are you to know that, you know, OCAA slash OUA is back to playing basketball, back to playing sports in general? It's about time. I'm, you know, it's just been delay after delay after delay. You start practicing, you start, you know, getting back in your groove and then bang, you have no gym to practice in anymore. So it's, it's exciting. I mean, obviously it would have been nice they stuck to the date we were told and, you know, not pushing it back, but better late than never, right? Yeah. Obviously, Jackson, it was about a month that we haven't been back in action. So, and with all this stuff going on, how are you mentally staying focused in hopes that now that we know for sure that there will be returning to play, but at the time when there was nothing going on and we had this whole break, like how are you mentally staying focused or physically staying focused in hopes that we could finish the season now that we know that we will? 
I think a big thing for me was staying focused on school and like not kind of veering away from the fact that I am still a student athlete, um, like not taking the break and just kind of pushing everything to the side, including school, which I know has happened to me in the past. And I know a lot of people too. Um, so yeah, just being able to stay focused on like what I needed to do with classes and like staying focused and, you know, knowing that there is something back now, it's just like, oh, okay, this kind of pays off. Like I'm, I'm not going to be super far behind and have to stress a lot when we come back into the season. It's just kind of going to be free flowing. For sure. Well, let's talk about this first half of the season. You guys had a fantastic start to your season. I was telling Jason before I got on, you guys were 6-0. and You guys have not lost a set. You guys are 18-0 just overall. You guys are ranked top 10 in the country. What have been the biggest contributing factors to why you guys have gotten up to such a phenomenal start? I think just having a group of guys that all want the same thing and coming off of a year where nobody's done anything and everybody like really upset with what happened last year, obviously. Um, just having us being able to show the OUA and I guess all of you sports kind of that we really care and we really want it. Um, and I think it helps to having, we have a group of, I would say kind of older guys um, and having these guys, like for a lot of our, our guys, it's their last year, I think four or five guys, like they're not going to be able to play OUA U sport volleyball again. So for them, it's like kind of like a last stand and they really just want to prove themselves and show what we can do kind of thing. You know, last year, like you said, there was no season. And, you know, we've always talked a bit about on the podcast about the identity crisis. So obviously let Jason ask that question. I try to ask all of our guests that's going to get different points of view because I know there's tons of athletes struggling with this. But, I mean, um, I would assume you've been playing volleyball a very long time, the majority of your life. And it starts to become, oh, we're known as you're that athlete, you're a basketball player, you're a volleyball player. So with COVID coming into play and not knowing when we were going to be able to play, I know myself personally, I kind of went through a bit of identity crisis. It's my second time. I had one when I first got injured, wondering if I'm ever going to play again. What are people going to think of me? Now, for you, did you end up having an identity crisis at all? And if so, what were your methods of getting through it? Um, I was pretty fortunate in the sense that I never really stopped playing volleyball. I mean, the entire summer I was um, in works with the, the junior national team. So I was able to kind of keep playing and like uh, fortunate enough, I was able to not have to go through a point where I was not playing for like a super long time. Um, so I wouldn't really say I had like an identity crisis, but kind of, I feel like I had it for other people and like kind of concerned about how other people, especially on our team here would kind of react to the whole thing. And, you know, just making sure that they didn't feel like they weren't athletes anymore. Something bad was going to really come out of this. Um, so yeah, I was more concerned about, you know, other people. Cause I, I mean, like I say, I was pretty fortunate. I was able to kind of not stop playing. Um, and yeah, I think just, I was really concerned for some other guys. Well, that's totally understandable and it's tough too. Cause that's like that a be potential chemistry going down the drain. If a guy decides, Hey, maybe this isn't for me too early or it's, it's so tough, especially in those situations, whether it's like you end up having those mental battles and this is just speaking from experience. It's like, do I stay with it? Is it worth it? Or do I just, you know, balls to the walls and just grind it. Mm -hmm. That's tough, man. And if you don't, I could be, you know, <laughs> a lot of opportunity gone. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the guys on our team did. Everyone fought really hard to kind of keep a positive attitude with it. Um, obviously the guys on the team never lost contact with each other, which I think was really important. And I think that's what kind of is contributing to our success right now is the fact that everybody still really wants it. And nobody kind of took that like downward slope of, 
maybe this isn't for me or this isn't what I want to do. Everyone kind of really stayed positive and it's like, okay, we're, we're doing this. Like we're not going to stop kind of thing. Yeah. I want to just touch on what you were saying there about how everyone stayed in touch. One thing I noticed about, especially the Nipsing volleyball team, you guys are like the closest unit I've ever seen in my life out of any sports team I've ever seen. What are like, how do you, how do you guys do that? Like, what are your little secrets to keeping that team bonding? Like, and that team chemistry at like a hundred all the time. Um, man, I don't even know. It's just, I think everyone just loves each other and like, I don't know, like everyone loves each other. We're always doing things outside of like our team room. Um, like for example, in the next week or two, I think we were setting up like call of duty tournaments, just like little stuff to like keep us connected in ways that isn't just, you know, sending a text saying, Hey, how's, how's things going? It's like, Hey, let's all get together as a group, even if it has to be virtually and like, do something that everybody enjoys and that we can all like connect and talk and have fun and like not mm-hmm. i think not having to always be talking and worrying about volleyball is really important for us like i would say 95 percent of our conversations and our like time spent together isn't playing volleyball like we we spend so much time like talking outside of volleyball and like not worrying about it as much which i think really helps us with our chemistry yeah, and we talked about it with Rebecca on the podcast a couple weeks ago. But would you say that the team chemistry that you guys have built off the court has really led to success off, on the court? I think so. I think for sure. Um, yeah, like everyone just seems really, like really happy to be with each other and happy to be doing stuff together. And, you know, it, it, like I say, it translates to the court because, like, I don't know, when your best friend's off the court, it's pretty hard to, like, get mad at each other on the court and then, you challenge each other like there's never a moment where someone feels like disrespected on our team even in moments of practice where it's like you know guys will bump heads all the time I mean it happens in sports it's life um but like having that respectable relationship with each other and being able to communicate with each other just because of our like connection off the court I think has really helped us like advance as a team this year you touched on it just now or a little bit before but let's talk a bit about last year like Obviously, we had no 2020-21 season, but you've had a personally good year in the sense that you were named to the U21 national volleyball team and you guys played in Bulgaria. Just talk a bit about your reaction when you found out that you made the team and how was your experience with that uh, the opportunity? When I first got, like, so we, usually it's a it's an in-person tryout and you go for, like, a training camp and, you know, you have this big in-person tryout with a bunch of people and then they let you know at the end of the weekend. But this year it was kind of, it was all virtual. So we had to basically send in highlight tapes and film and, like, to make yourself look as best as you could. Um, but, yeah, when I, when I got the email saying that I made the team, it was, like, just, like, pure excitement, joy. Um, I felt super humble, like, for the entire experience, um, being able to play with, like the best players in the country my age. And then like the entire summer living with guys, building like great connections with guys on other teams that I didn't have before. So now like the OUA to me feels like more connected in a sense that like, oh, me and guys on other teams are having like the same issues and same dilemmas. Like, and I'm able to communicate with other guys and even across the country. It's um, it's one of those really cool feelings that I have. Um, and then, yeah, playing playing in Bulgaria was like beyond cool to me. Um, just being able to travel the world during this whole thing was a little scary at times, but I just, like I said, I felt super grateful for the entire experience and like literally playing the best players in the world. My age was it's one of those moments where I just kind of, I stepped back and I was like, wow, this is like, this is happening. This is really cool. When you, for people listening to right now and for those who really want to get to that level, because the beauty thing about sports is it can take you all over the world. All of yourself who's been to Bulgaria, 
for those who are listening to the podcast right now, it could be from any sport, if it's basketball, soccer, whatever, to talk a bit about the work that has to be put in in order for yourself to be put in that opportunity where you can be on these high-level teams and you can travel the way some people want to. I think for me, it was just always coming from that background of wanting to work the hardest you can. And I know that sounds kind of cringy because you hear it so much like, oh, do the best you can, work hard, grind hard, grind don't stop. But like the grind doesn't stop. Like even during all of this, like you can't, you can't take a step back and be like, oh, like I could have been doing this right now or I should have been doing this right now. Just find a way to do it and get it done is like one of the big things that I found. Um, But yeah, just having that like attitude to want something. And I think, like there's a lot of athletes in the OUA even that like are fighting for this elite stuff and they know they're elite. And a lot of guys just aren't showing that like drive that they really should be showing. And I don't know, I think just pushing for what you want is really important. And I think too, that this whole period of time of not having anything is also a test to your discipline because we always know in sports that discipline is a big factor. So it's like what you talked about. If you really want it as bad as you say you want it, you're not going to let a time like this deter you from what you want to do. Because it's so easy for people right now to get complacent and not do anything and slack off. But if you really want it as bad as you want to, like you said, then you're going to put in the extra hours. You're going to, even if you can't get a gym, you're going to do at-home workouts. You're going to make sure you're eating properly. You're going to make sure you're staying on top of your school, like you said. You're going to go to bed on time to make sure that you have the proper sleep for your body to rest. These are little things that people can do, and it contributes to the discipline, like you said. Because when you get to that level, like every single person on that team can play. There's a reason why they're there, but it's the little stuff that really advance you and put you even a higher scope that you would even think was possible. So I'm really glad that you're an example for those listening to the podcast right now that as long as you work hard and you stay disciplined, there are so many opportunities outside of, you know, you sports that you can really excel with your craft. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that I've always taken away from all my coaches, especially this summer is, I mean, talent can only take you so far. Like you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't want to kind of do what you have to do to get where you want to go. It's it's not going to work out. And that happened for a lot of guys. Like we had to make cuts this summer with our team and like insanely talented guys, but I don't know, you don't put the work in. You're not kind of get what you want. Yeah. And just to end off this segment, like when I was 13 years old, uh, we had a gym and then I remember there was a quote on the wall. I'll never forget it. It's from Kevin Durant. And it says hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. So when I saw this, it's just like, yeah. Because everyone, like I said, everyone on your level and you sports level is talented, but it's the hard work that you put, you know, in the weight room, on the court and off the court, things like that. That's what separates people from being good to being great to being superstars. So small things. Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. But let's take it all the way back to your rookie year. So like I said, we both came in 2019. So that's how we kind of met and we became really good friends. And, you know, watching you from afar, like you had a, safe to say, you had a crazy first season you know, I was telling Jason before, but let's, for those who don't know, let's just read off all the stuff that you won your first year. So you were the team rookie of the year. You were the school's male rookie of the year. You were the OUA all-rookie team. You were an OUA second team all-star. And you were the first player in your program history to be named to, to a sports selection. When you hear all that, like I said, that was two years ago and this is now. What do you credit all that success to? Because success comes in different ways. People get success from how they're coached, People get success from the system. Success comes from the leadership. When you hear all those accolades that you won your first year, 
what do you credit that, that success to? Um, I think one of the big things is having like a really supportive team behind my back, um, coaching staff included, just having guys that, I mean, at the beginning, when I first came in like to Nipissing, I made sure that all the guys, like we would get together as a group and we all talked about what we wanted for the future. And when I talk about the future for me is going to play for the Olympic team, going to play pro volleyball, doing all this stuff that like, I really want to do in the future and having a team that really supports that and really wants to push me to that. Um, I think that's what I would credit it to. And I don't know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big guy where I look at accolades and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, look, I got this, 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 right. it's not like, it's not something that I look for. I'm not a big accolades guy. I'm a big, like if our team does well, I'm really happy. And obviously I want to help my team do the best, but yeah, I think my team and like my coaching staff, like having Eric, Eric is, one of the best coaches I've ever had super, super supportive guy um, in everything I do um, really wants the best for me, which is one of the big reasons I did come to Nipissing. Um, he has my future in mind. And I think just having him and like a really great team behind me to like push me to one-on-one. You know, we talked about this. I remember talking about this one time on the podcast, like super early when we first started. When I know, like you said, you're not a big accolades guy, but I will say this though. When you do end up accumulating all these accolades, it does become very easy to become complacent, to get cocky, to think that I don't need to get better because I've already done this from where I'm at. For you personally, how has it been? Has it been a struggle in the sense of, because it's very, like I said, it's very hard to, you know, people get cocky, people, you know, obviously start to switch up. But like for you personally, was it easy for you to kind of stay humble and just stay focused? Or admittedly, did you have times where it's like, okay, you know, you see yourself, you know, becoming a little bit complacent because you've won all this stuff and then you snap yourself right back into it. Like talk a bit about that, you know, that tug of war that you might've had to play with yourself if you ever did. I think there definitely was a point of like the kind of complacency, I would say more at the beginning of COVID when I knew that, I mean, everyone thought it was going to be like a one or two month thing when it was like, okay, I'll like, I'll relax now. I'll take a break. I'll like, yeah. you know, let my body reset and catch up. Um, but yeah, I think once I realized that, you know, maybe this isn't just like a two or three week thing and that I kind of snap back into it. And I think for me, one of the big things is always chasing guys ahead of me. Like I look at, I mean, the way that obviously like volleyball works for me is there's the junior team, there's the B team, and then there's the A team. Like I'm always looking at guys on those teams and I'm looking at guys that I can like kind of chase after and model my game after. Um, and I think like knowing that I'm not on the level of some of these guys is one of those big motivators for me that I really want to do better to replace them. I mean, it sounds really bad, but like I'm, I'm fighting for guys spots. Like I'm chasing guys that are ahead of me. So I think that's one of the big things that kind of keeps me going. Right. From your first year until now, like it's a two-parter. Where do you have, where's, where's the biggest part of your game you've seen it improve from, like I said, two years ago until now and what parts of your game do you still feel like you need to improve? So it's a two-parter. Um, I think the biggest part that's improved for me and it's not an on the court thing. It's my nutrition. Um, like uh, first year I was whatever, same height as I am now, like six, four, six, five, and then 180 pounds. So like pretty thin. Um, and then like over the break, like just finding that like, like importance of nutrition and putting on 20 pounds and, you know, hitting the ball 30 kilometers an hour harder and, you know, jumping higher, like I'm jumping the highest I ever have. And I, like I dedicate that a lot to what I've done off the court. Um, and then yeah, I think just for things I could improve on is I think my like mental side of the game, I think is kind of taken a 
dip since COVID started, just because, I mean, there's been less interaction with guys, less like right. being together. I think that's all. Um, but yeah, I think like developing like a more like mental fortitude and being stronger with my, like what I like my decisions on the court, I think is what I really need to improve on. Yeah. You know, you touched on the, the nutrition part and it's really good they said that because Jason, you remember last, uh, the first half of the season, we talked with Megan about that. And even for that, I feel like you could, like, I'm going to give you the floor here. I feel like you can also attribute it to, because remember, you had a torn ACL and, you know, you did gain some weight a little bit, just to be honest. But, like, I feel like because when, I feel like when you took your nutrition seriously, like, that's when you really started shifting your game. And even now, like, you're getting into bodybuilding stuff too, right? So I feel like you could talk a bit about this too. Yeah. Like, so I tore my ACL and then I just, you know, 20 Big Macs a day. And let's, you know, I got comfortable and I got super fat. It was like me. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna throw in, I'm gonna throw names. I don't know if you guys know AJ from the soccer team. AJ, Alex Novicic, myself. Yeah. One night we had like between the three of us, I think like 70 junior chickens. Wow. And man, I'm telling you, man, that stuff at the at the moment, you're like, you know what? Yeah, it's just fun. And then three months later, and you're like 260 pounds fat, and it's like, oh, what the heck? I look back at it now, I was like disgusting myself, but now it's like Took my, my nutrition more seriously and like it was kind of weird i decided to go vegan i watched like for like almost a full year watching documentaries i was still learning it all out and i lost a lot of weight i got myself down to like 220 but there's also you gotta like people gotta understand you can burn all these calories but if you're not eating properly and you're not fueling yourself properly and you're just in a caloric deficit the whole time you're actually killing your muscle so it's not even just fat you're burning you're actually like burning muscle so i got like skinny fat when i thought i was just you know i end of the day I you know I actually hired a coach learned how to eat properly and now I'm like almost 270 uh not the leanest in the world I'm I put I have a little bit of you know body fat on but that's for the purpose of like I like to lift heavy weights but I mean again it all depends on what you're training for but nutrition plays a huge role if you're not doing it properly it can like make or break you as an athlete the final question I have for you is like I said, we know we're coming back. You guys, I'm really, I, I talked about this before. I'm really happy for the teams that have gone off to hot stars, like your team and the women's volleyball team. Like it's like to reiterate, you guys have started off 6-0. You guys have a few games left before playoffs. What is it going to take for you guys to really hit the peak of this team in terms of, you know, going to playoffs, doing what you got to do, get to nationals, and eventually winning it all? Like if you can name it to a couple of things or if it's just one big thing, what is it going to take for you guys to really reach the peak of, that this team can reach? Um, I think staying on track with the goals we set at the beginning of the year. Um, like I said, we get together as a team at the beginning of the year. We set our goals. We know what we want. Um, and I think no matter what happens with the season, just really, really, really trying to you know, grind those goals out and really trying to push for what we want. Um, and for all we know, there might not even be a Nationals this year. There might not be anything this year. Like there might not even be an OUA Championships this year. It might just be a couple games. But I think for us still trying to go out and show what we're like, we're capable of and what we know we can do, I think is really important for like us as a team and us as a, like an organization and like university team. I will add this too, though, because we know that Nipissing being a small school, obviously a lot of people sleep on us. And especially this year, like we've had teams that have played really well. Like we saw the women's soccer team had an unbelievable season. You know, the women's hockey team is always good. The both viable programs are good this year. This is your opportunity for the people out there who are surprised and saying, how is Nipissing ranked high? Like, how are you guys doing so well? What do you have to say for all those who still don't believe in you guys? 
We got a bunch of grinders. I don't know. We got guys who like really, really, really want to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, and I think it's really important that people understand that we're not going to go anywhere. Like just because we're taking a month break, we're not just going to kind of sit back and be like, okay, we had our, we had our 15 minutes of fame. Like yeah. we're still coming and we're coming hard. Like we're not going to step off the gas for any, anybody in any reason. Um, yeah. Like the guys are fired up. Like we talk about it all the time. Like, I mean, if I could show you the text messages that get sent to our group chats, like, yeah, not very nice. It's very like, like we, a lot of guys want to, you know, show people who we are. And I think that that's a really important trait that our team has. And I think it's going to take us places, which I really like. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. Like I said, I'm super happy that the teams that have gone off to hearts to get their chance to finish. And more importantly too, and I talked to Jason about this too, the ones that actually came back to actually finish off the eligibility. Like I know for sure guys like Eric and Mason who were supposed to graduate last year came back for this one moment. So I'm super happy for you guys. So seriously, good luck with the season. I'm hopefully looking forward to watching you guys, you know, do your thing. Yeah. I hope we can get fans in. I think that's yeah. a big, that's another big contributor to our sex success. I think we have one of the best fan bases I would say in yep. Canada for, especially for volleyball. I mean, like looking up at the crowd and seeing it like at capacity and we having to turn away people at the door. Like it's, it's a pretty cool feeling to know that, you know, people are supporting us and because they believe in us kind of thing. It's, it's really, it's really nice, really fun. And I've been one of those people in the fans and I can, I see the same thing. I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people here. Like yeah. I remember talking to Vito a little bit. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where you guys have reached it or you guys have come pretty damn close. So yeah, you guys definitely got a fan base, but Jackson really appreciate you coming on. It's been great talking to you. So now we're getting to a quick hitter segment. So this is the part of the podcast where we ask our guests a question. And that's answer as fast as possible. So Jason, you got the questions ready? Just popped up right now. Before we start, Jackson, how do you think you would do? Because a lot of people, some people do good, some people do bad, some people get super nervous. But how do you think you'll do? Eh, I don't know. Rapid fire questions. First thing that comes to mind is what's coming out of my mouth. So I hope we're <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, Jason. Ready. Whenever you are. All right. So first question. So Jackson, who is your favorite musical artist? Uh, Drake. Mm. Artist or song you have on repeat? What song I have on repeat? Or artist. Yeah. Uh, Kofi. Oh, okay. Well, that's just facts. Volleyball player too. His bounce is ridiculous. Yeah. It's <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> uh, next question. Favorite athlete? Uh, Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Yeah. Favorite sports movie? Uh, Coach Carter. Great movie. Last show you binge watched? Uh, Planet Earth. Okay. If you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? Bob Marley. Ooh, you know, but yo, Eric said the same thing last year. I'm so, I'm really surprised. <laughs> oh man, this is a personal one for me. This is really going to define our friendship. Jackson, <laughs> do you like pineapple on pizza? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. ah, that's our friends. Yes. Jason's disappointed. Jason's disappointed with that yes. answer. That's my nah, guy. Yes. Nah. That's our boys. Yes. It's like when people put like raisins and carrot cake. It's like okay. you just don't need to. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. Like you can, it'd be just, it'd be better without it. Okay. Next question. Right. Milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Cereal before milk. Okay. Uh, next question. I'm actually, we haven't asked this one in a while. What's one thing people don't know about you? Um, 
Hmm. I actually don't know. We haven't asked one in a while. I actually don't know. Something that people don't know about me. I... I'm stumped. I can't think of anything. That's an open book. I don't know. I I have a 45-inch vertical. Is that something I could say? Maybe people don't know the exact number, but... I've always been jealous that you guys are able to do the vertical test with the actual things. Like, Jason, when we do it, it's just a tape on the wall. Like, a wall. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know how scary that is? You're like, am I going to knock myself out hitting the wall? No, yeah. it's not even that. Like, I'm so jealous. Like, they actually do the legit thing. They do an NBA combines. Like, I want to oh, do it so bad. Yeah, I want to do it so bad. But, uh, Jason, you got question number 10. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm falling behind. Yeah, if you were stuck on a deserted island, what are three things you're bringing with you? Uh, Phone. Mm-hmm. Um, speaker yeah. and Wi-Fi? Uh, a volleyball. Okay, this guy just sounds so. This guy started laughing. <laughs> I just think survival, right? Yeah. Away whenever I'm like stuck on yeah. the island, I would get so bored. You know what? Whatever. You know What's what that movie called where the guy he, he has all the, the sports balls and he puts faces on them? Wilson. I think that's, wait, is that what it's called? No, uh, Castaway. 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 Yeah. 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 You know what I told Jason after? I'd bring a phone, a charger, and Wi-Fi. Nice. <laughs> Wi-Fi. I would bring Wi-Fi to the I'd desert. Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> uh, next question. What's one skill you wish you were good at? Singing. Me too. Me too. Oh. Wait, if you could sing one song, like, as a great singer, which one would it be? Um, What's that song by Whitney Houston? Oh. I'll always love you. Yeah, yeah, that one. Ooh, me, <laughs> me? I, I think I said what did I said. There's a couple of songs. I definitely would love "Mercy" by Shawn Mendes because he hits those high notes pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you singing, and that is our most popular answer too, by the way. That is. Yeah, next question, Jason. Question twelve. Uh, have you watched Rick and Morty at all? Nah, my brother watched it, so I would like dabble. Like I would walk in the living room and see him watching it. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you were in an alternate universe, so it's the same you, but just like a whole different timeline, what would you be doing now? Um, flying UFOs. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That's, I don't know. That's the most unique one we've gotten yet. I thought you would have said something like, instead of focusing on ball, but you would focus on basketball. But didn't you play basketball growing up too? I did, yeah. Basketball and football were my other two big sports. Yeah. Were you a receiver? I was a receiver, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then what were you, basketball guard or forward? Uh, I played, like, small or power forward just because height in high school. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot, so. Yeah. Final question. If you could tell your first yourself one word of advice, what would it be? Study. Just <laughs> <laughs> one, one word. <laughs> But man, that's all the time we have. So Jackson, man, I really appreciate you coming on, man. We had a lot of great conversation, man. So thank you, bro. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Really cool. Of course. You guys for here. No doubt. And once again, bro, I'm so happy for us to be back. Seriously, good luck for the rest of your season. You guys are playing amazing. Like I said, this fans, I'm definitely going to come watch you guys like I did first time. And just, bro, keep proving these people wrong, bro. Because y'all got a squad, bro. And y'all got a legit chance. Hopefully there's new sports nationals. And I would love to see you guys there, bro. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's the goal. It's but yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Really fun. Really great talking to you guys. Catching up.
No doubt. And that is a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. You can find the video version of this interview on YouTube and listen to full interview on all podcasting platforms. Peace. Hey, guys.